Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. On this podcast, we help you structure your business processes to make your people your organization's greatest competitive advantage. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher of your choice. You can also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com, which will give you exclusive subscriber-only content. Here is your host, Rami Alajil, author and CEO of People Processes. We're going to be talking about a field assistance bulletin put out by the Department of Wage and Hours, uh, the Department of Labor for the U.S. government. It talks all about tracking hours and the employer's responsibility to track hours and pay hours correctly for hourly employees. Uh, this is about your employer obligation under the Fair Labor Standards Act to track the number of hours of compensable work performed by employees who are teleworking or otherwise working remotely away from any worksite or premises controlled by their employers. In a telework or remote work arrangement, the question of the employer's obligation to track hours actually worked for which the employee was not scheduled may often arise. While this guidance responds directly to the needs created by new telework or remote work arrangements in response to COVID-19, it applies in general to all telework and remote work arrangements. So if you wind up you know, using this outside of that, that's fine. An employer is required to pay its employees for all hours worked, including work not requested but instead work suffered or permitted. That's, of course, including work performed at home. That's 29 CFR 785 11-12, linked on our website, if you really want to dive into the law itself. If the employer knows or has reason to believe that work is being performed, the time must be counted as hours worked. An employer may have actual or constructive knowledge of additional unscheduled hours worked by their employees, and, cor and courts consider whether the employer should have acquired knowledge of such hours worked through reasonable diligence. There's some cases that we're citing on here, Allen versus City of Chicago, uh, where certiorari was denied. One way an employer may exercise such diligence is by providing a reasonable reporting procedure for non-scheduled time and then compensating for all employees for reported hours of work, even hours not requested by the employer. If an employee fails to report unscheduled hours worked through such a procedure, the employer is not required to undergo impractical efforts to investigate further to uncover unreported hours of work and provide compensation for those hours. That's the sum of this, this notice. It's big. That's a great clarification. However, just to keep in mind, an employer's um, time reporting process will not constitute reasonable diligence where the employer either prevents or discourages an employee from accurately reporting the time he or she has worked. And an employee may not waive his or her right to compensation under the act, period, ever. There's some good cases on that. You can't say, oh, I don't want to get paid when I check my email late at night. No, 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 no. If you work, suffered or permitted, you got to be paid. So, uh, let's, that's, the, that's the executive conclusion of the law, but let's dive a little bit into the background. The FLSA generally requires employers to compensate their employees for all hours worked, of course, including overtime hours. As the department's interpretive rules explain, work not requested but suffered or permitted to work is work time, and that must be compensated. The principle applies equally to work performed away from the work site or premises such as telework performed at home and work at the work site. 
If the employer knows or has reason to believe that work is being performed, he must count the time as hours worked. Employers are required to exercise control to ensure that work is not performed that they do not wish to be performed. You have to stop them. If you allow them to, if you suffer them to, you have to pay them. While it may be easy to define what an employer actually knows, it's not always clear when an employer has reason to believe that work is being performed, particularly when employees telework or otherwise work remotely at locations that the employer does not control or monitor. This confusion can be exacerbated by the increasing frequency of telework, remote work arrangements, um, and, and since, you know, the, the suffered or permitted to work, to work rule was issued by the department in 1961. That's a big change. It's, been, it's a different world now. The Bureau of Labor Statistics estimated in 2019 that roughly 24% of working Americans perform some work at home on an average day. And these arrangements have, of course, expanded hugely in 2020 in response to COVID-19. Therefore, the WHD thinks it's time to clarify these issues. Okay? So, the employer must pay for hours it, ha it knows or has reason to believe an employee worked. The, employer the FLSA requires employers to exercise its control and see that work is not performed if it does not want it to be performed. The employer bears the burden of preventing work when it is not desired. And the mere promulgation of a rule against such work is not enough. That's already been settled. You can't just say you can't work. You have to stop them from working. Management has the power to enforce the rule and must make every effort to do so. Work that an employer did not request but nonetheless suffered or permitted is therefore compensable. Employers must, as a result, pay all the work they know about, even if they did not ask for the work, even if they did not want the work. The phrase must make every effort in 29 CFR 785.13, however, does not mean the duty of management to exercise its control to prevent unwanted work is unlimited. Thank you for clarification. The question then is whether an employer's inquiry was reasonable in light of circumstances surrounding the employer's business, including existing overtime policies and requirements. So you want to adopt all possible measures to achieve the desired result, but not all, un not unlimited measures. Okay, so the FLSA stopped shorts of requiring employers to pay for work it did not know about and had no reason to know about, and that's key. So you have to have, thus the employer's obligation under 29 CFR to make every effort to prevent unwanted work being performed away from the premises is not boundless. You make every effort, but it's not bounded or boundless, and that's because an employer cannot make any effort, let alone every effort, to prevent unwarranted work unless the employer knows or has reason to believe the work is being performed. So you have to know about it in order to prevent it. Okay, all this is to say, this is kind of the legal reasoning behind here. Therefore, the employer's obligation to compensate employees for hours worked can be based on actual knowledge or constructive knowledge. For telework or remote employees, the employer has actual knowledge of the employee's regularly scheduled hours. It may also have actual knowledge of hours worked through employee reports or other notifications. The FLSA standards for constructive knowledge in the overtime context is whether an employer has reason to believe work is being performed. An employer may have constructive knowledge of additional unscheduled hours of their employees if the employer should have acquired such knowledge through reasonable diligence. Okay? The reasonable diligence standard asks what the employer should have known, not what it could have known. One way an employer generally may satisfy, and this is the new thing from here, satisfy its obligation to exercise reasonable diligence to acquire knowledge regarding employees' unscheduled hours work is by establishing a reasonable process 
for an employee to report uncompensated time. The employer cannot implicitly or overtly discourage or impede accurate reporting, and the employer must compensate employees for all reported hours of work. But an employer's formal policy or process for reporting overtime will not protect the employer if the employer prevents or discourages accurate reporting practices. So it's got to be right and it's got to be real, okay? However, if an employee fails to report unscheduled hours worked through such a procedure that is correctly followed, that is not discouraged, so on and so forth, the employer is, no, is generally not required to investigate further to uncover unreported hours. That's the new thing. That's huge. Though an employer may have access to non-payroll records of employees' activities, such as records showing employees accessing their work-issued electronic hours outside of reported hours, uh, reasonable diligence is not going to require the company, the employer, to undertake impractical efforts such as sorting through this information to determine whether its employees worked hours beyond what they reported. That's huge. Uh, this, there was a court case recently that found employers did not need to cross-reference phone records as an example. Additionally, if an employer is otherwise notified of work performed through a reasonable method, or if employers are not properly instructed on using a system, then an employer may be liable for those hours worked. So, let's sum it up. Employees that work from home on an hourly basis, they need an ability to clock in and out for their scheduled hours, and they need an ability to report time that they worked in an unscheduled time. If you weren't expecting them to work at 10 p.m. at night, and yet they did, you have to make it reasonable, in a reasonable way for them to report that to you, and you have to pay it. The only way to keep them from working at 10 p.m. at night would be to turn off their emails, lock out the system, they can't log in, they can't do work. If you can stop them, great. It can be a discipline issue if they work unscheduled hours, but you still have to pay them for the hours work that they did. This clarifies, though, that if you have a reasonable reporting system that's not discouraged, that's not, that's not either overtly or quietly discouraged and hidden, and the employee doesn't report the hours, you don't have to go above and beyond to check email logs and phone records to make sure that they weren't working. If they have a good way of doing it and they do not, you don't have to go any further. This is a huge change. The entire um, notice is posted on our website on the show notes here. Feel free to download it. This is great news and it's a very long time coming. It's been a change since 1961. So thank you for the update. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Rami Ali-Jill. I appreciate you tuning in, and I hope this was helpful to you. If you're on iTunes, please rate our podcast. If you're on any other podcatcher, do the same. If you're on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. We just started. I think we're in the double digits now, so we've got a long way to go. Please subscribe. It makes a huge difference to us. And if you're on peopleprocesses.com or would like to go there and you subscribe there, cool things. You get an email when we publish a new episode. And this is where we send our subscriber-only content, like emergency updates, useful templates, checklists, sample policies. Those kind of things are all available to subscribers only on peopleprocesses.com. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at People Processes. Go to peopleprocesses.com, subscribe, and get some of our subscriber-only content. And if you got something out of this, make sure you share it with anyone you know. Thank you for tuning in. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.